It must be wonderful now that you work with a government that appreciates your contribution, no? Of course. I'm very lucky. Comfortable, I hope. Yes. Though anything would be comfortable compared to the Outer Rim. <laughs> the Outer Rim, I can't imagine. You know, I was almost drafted. Imagine me serving. Oh, darling, that was the Empire. Oh, my apologies. Empire, Rebels, New Republic, I can't keep track. That's why I should just keep my mouth shut. We try not to get involved. I see you're going to Amnesty Housing. Congratulations on making it into the program. Amnesty Officer M34. Amnesty Scientist, L-52. This is G-27, M-40, G-68. I trained here at the Academy. Did feel different, though. We thought we were doing good. I do think about that sometimes. All of my research going unfinished. But we were close to making some incredible breakthroughs. In the right hands, our discoveries could have helped a lot of people. So why not continue your research here? I don't think it's something the New Republic would be interested in. The ethics of cloning are complicated. Following orders blindly is how we got in trouble in the first place. If I were to pursue my own research recreationally, would that be allowed? According to your file, your previous research involved cloning and genetic engineering. That class of research is expressly prohibited by the course and Accords, Section 13, Subparagraph 7. I have a lot to make up for. But if your research really is as important as you say, I'll take that risk. Amnesty Scientist, L-52, raise your hands. You are under arrest. Listen, I can explain. I wasn't trying to... No need. Amnesty Officer G-68 has already submitted a report. What? Indoctrination by the Empire is challenging to overcome. He relapsed, but he's a friend. I still care about him. Wait, uh... This is a mind flare. This is a 602 mitigator. It's a non-invasive experimental treatment. This isn't the Empire, son. This device is used to heal. Empire, Rebels, New Republic, I can't keep track. I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. Hello there. The highest levels are involved in the conspiracy. Nancy Pelosi is Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine. We must be the great arsenal of democracy. 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 I love democracy. democracy. All who gain power are afraid to lose it. Fear, fear, fear. We'll keep the local systems in line, line. Truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view, point of view. Welcome to the Conspiracy in the Force podcast. Star Wars, conspiracies, and more. With your host, me, Conspiracy Kyle. Kyle. Rebellions are built on hope. For God commanded the light to shine out of darkness, darkness, darkness. As long as there's light, 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 we got a chance, chance, chance. This is what Luke says before he goes to the toilet. This is Red Five. I'm going in. Good morning, Sunday morning.
Welcome back to another episode of Conspiracy in the Force. As always, I'm your host, Conspiracy Kyle. Today we will be discussing Chapter 19, The Convert, the third episode of Season 3 of The Mandalorian. Now this was the longest episode of the season so far, and the largest majority of it focused on Dr. Pershing and his adventures on Coruscant as part of the Amnesty Program, a program to reacclimatize former Imperials to civilian life with a focus on helping out the New Republic in any way they can. Now to recap, Dr. Pershing was working with the Empire to perform experiments on Baby Yoda in prior seasons, and he was subsequently captured by the New Republic, likely after Luke Skywalker and Mando defeated all the Imperials aboard Moff Gideon's ship at the end of Season 2. He now reappears and gives a speech to the Galactic Citizens in a very spot-on TED Talk manner about his involvement with the Empire in the research he did, and how it could be used in the future. The amnesty program saved my life. There are many of us who had no choice in working for the Empire, but now the New Republic has given us a second chance. So thank you. I believe the pursuit of knowledge is the most noble thing someone can do. Sadly, my research was twisted into something cruel and inhumane at the behest of a desperate individual intent on using cloning technology to secure more power for himself. But despite the shameful work of my past, I now hope to help the New Republic in whatever way I can. Though that work is now behind me and I regret what I did, I assure you that my original intentions were good. I lost my mother. Had simple organ cloning been available, on my home world, her death would have been easily preventable. We know that cloning can duplicate an individual from a single genetic strand. What my work explored was the hopes of combining multiple strands to create replicas that incorporated the best genetic attributes of both donors. donors. So let's talk about this amnesty program. Now, on the surface, it seems like a good thing. They're giving people a second chance. The New Republic seems to realize, as we can in our world, that some people may have been indoctrinated and brainwashed against their will and or were blackmailed into doing things that they knew were wrong. Now, this doesn't overlook their actions, as everyone is accountable for their own actions and will be accountable before God one day. However, the New Republic knows that there's a high likelihood for the Imperial-like thoughts to remain in the hearts and minds of the amnesty program enrollees. No different than in our world, where a huge recidivism rate exists, meaning that many criminals who have been to prison are highly likely to reoffend upon release. Some numbers I've looked into recently put the percent of reoffenders at 60% or higher, depending on a variety of factors and demographics. Now, since the New Republic knows this is a possibility, they've been using amnesty program enrollees to spy on other enrollees. And even as in the case of Dr. Pershing, to manipulate them into committing crimes, to see if they are truly free of Imperial propaganda or not. And as we see, the New Republic's treatment for those that fail this test is mind control, or mind wiping, via a device called the Mind Flayer. Although, however, the New Republic is not calling it the Mind Flayer. Here's a clip. Indoctrination by the Empire is challenging to overcome. Wait, uh, this is a mind flare. This is a 602 mitigator. 
It's a non-invasive experimental treatment recently approved for rehabilitation. No, it's a mind flare. It's a similar device, but we found at low voltages it can be used to help soothe select traumatic memories. You're gonna wipe my mind. Absolutely not. This isn't the Empire, son. This device is used to heal. I've been through the treatment myself, in fact, and I found the experience quite refreshing. Refreshing. What's interesting is that the New Republic effectively banned torture as a result of the Galactic Concordance signed between the Remnant of the Empire and the New Republic a few years prior to the events of this episode. It appears that the New Republic has tweaked the usage of this device in such a way as to skate around the fact that it is truly a torture device. And in this episode, it's used to apparently scramble the brains of Dr. Pershing. The mind flayer scene with Dr. Pershing draws a distinct parallel to me of the movie Requiem for a Dream, one of the most psychologically disturbing movies I've ever seen. One of the main characters in this movie becomes addicted to diet pills and starts hallucinating and thinking she's the star of a TV program and slowly devolves into a world of delusion. Eventually, she's hooked up to an electroconvulsive therapy device, which essentially fries her brain in very disturbing visual sequences at the end of the film. Like this character, Dr. Pershing is referred to as an addict, someone who has relapsed but needs help. And that help is in the form of, basically, permanent, long-lasting brain damage. You can also get shades of Clockwork Orange here as well, where characters hooked up to machines in a way to rid them of evil tendencies. Now another way to consider the whole amnesty program between the New Republic and the Empire is to liken it to Operation Paperclip between the U.S. and the defeated Nazi party. Now, this operation has been talked about ad nauseum on many other conspiracy podcasts. But for those who weren't aware, the U.S. brought on board many ex-Nazi scientists and officers to staff government roles in our government after World War II ended. One of the largest staffed organizations was NASA, which pumps out a lot of propaganda just as the Nazis did, so that was a perfect fit. All in all, given the Operation Paperclip analogy and the use of torture devices, it really drives home the point that a quote-unquote republic or democratic society can be just as bad as what you would call a totalitarian government, dictatorship, and authoritarian government that has just been taken over. By using the same tactics as the empire, the new republic is becoming the very thing they fought to defeat. It's also interesting that the amnesty program provides numbers to their enrollees, whereas they had actual names with the empire. Talk about a bizarre role reversal. But this is an interesting tie-in to a lot of science fiction properties, specifically George Lucas's THX 1138, where citizens didn't have names, just numbers. At one point, you even saw Amnesty Program enrollees thinking back fondly to their time with the Empire and what they missed about it. Here's a clip. Uniforms did fit better. I do miss the lights of hyperspace. <laughs> what do you miss, L-52? Miss? From before. No, I'm glad that the Empire is... Oh, not like that. Of course, good riddance. I mean, more like the everyday stuff, like the food. Nothing? I guess... Maybe those, uh, Yellow... Travel biscuits from the Russian past. <laughs> <laughs> now this bears echoes to the Israelite people who escaped from Egypt in Exodus and moaned and complained in the desert 
about how good they had it back in Egypt. The food was better, they said, just like Pershing said regarding the biscuit cookie things. And speaking of those biscuits, those bore some interesting symbolism to the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. Now, I don't think I need to detail those events much, as Christians and non-Christians alike are aware of this story, of how Satan disguised as a serpent tempted Adam and Eve with the fruit that God warned them not to eat. In this episode, Pershing notices a package of those biscuits outside of his door. Soon after, he had told the other Amnesty folks about how much he missed those snacks. Unbeknownst to him, Eliah Kane had planted them there to see if he would take them. It's part of her mission of testing his loyalty to the Republic and its rules. Although she is still an Imperial at heart, as we see at the end of the episode. As Pershing was well aware, these items were illegal contraband. But he took them anyways. Just a little disobedience. Just a little white lie. And so Cain knew that he was not really fully repentant of his imperial ways. And therefore he could be manipulated and taken out for her own purposes. Now let's end this episode with talking about the actual Mandalorian-specific sequences, which bookended the Pershing storyline, which took place in the middle of the episode. We see here that the Mandalorians have accepted Din Djarin back into their clan, as his water sample from the Living Waters was proven to be legitimate. However, in a strange turn of events, Bo-Katan is also admitted as a member. Here's a clip. Din Djarin, you are redeemed. This is the way. This is the way. And Bo-Katan Krees, by creed, you too are redeemed. But I do not walk the way. Did you bathe in the waters? I did. And have you removed your helmet since? No, I have not. Then you may join our covert and live as your ancestors once did. You are one of us. Welcome, Bo-Katan of Clan Crees. This is the way. This is the way. The way. Now, in our world, this would be akin to someone being accepted as a Christian, although they didn't directly put their faith and trust in Christ. Someone could say, well, you know, you gave to the poor, you fed the hungry, you sang some songs in church, and hey, that's all it takes. But as we know, that's false and backwards. It's the same as the Catholic view of infant baptism. If you could talk to a baby and tell them, hey, guess what? Your original sins are now cleansed because we sprinkled some water on you. They would be utterly confused because they didn't sign up for that. They didn't physically make that choice, to ask for forgiveness of sins. Believing in Christ needs to be specific, an act of faith and not an act of works. Of course, good works follow as they should, as the Bible states, you shall know them by their fruits. But works in and of themselves do not save and do not provide redemption, directly or indirectly. thanks for tuning in to another episode of Conspiracy in the Force. I'll be back in a few days for a new episode on either The Bad Batch or The Mandalorian, as both of these shows are running concurrently. Typically, I wait to see what story threads grab me as more interesting when I go to start planning out the episodes. So stay tuned for whatever comes next. This is Conspiracy Kyle signing off. May the Force be with you, and God bless. God bless.